Welcome to the School of the Word. This is Lesson 72 in our teaching series, As in the Days of Noah, titled Summary of the Book of Revelation, Part 7, The Throne in Heaven. Our teacher is Alan Smith. Amen, amen, and amen. We're so glad you're here today. And uh, as we seek the Lord's face in these days that we're living in, and my goal, of course, is to be to bring information to you to consider as truth and and to uh, and I'm trusting that you test everything that I bring to you. So therefore, I don't have to hold back any. Amen. They're all mature saints in here. And your job is to be a Berean and study out those things that you hear to see if they're true. So I'll start this morning with I like to start with a little thought provoking thought. So this is a teaching of, as in the days of Noah, uh, this has been taught by the church for 2,000 years, so you shouldn't think I would be any shorter. And it's all in light of uh, the days of Noah, the last days, the second coming of Christ. And to a believer, our, our life is so short, but yet eternity is so defined. It is uh, just incredible of uh, the way God has laid this thing out and how this life is just a time that he puts us here on this earth. He gives us opportunity to truth. He, he kind of just puts us here on this earth and allows us to walk on this earth and to see if our seeking him, that we can find him because he's looking for us. So it should be very possible. But let's not forget Let's try to have a view, when we look at the Scriptures, we can see that, that this Bible is talking about a time period that's bigger than us, it's longer than us. And so as a prophetic people, we have to see it beyond us as just an individual. There's Christianity that... Um, Christianity pertains to life, godliness and righteousness... And the scriptures teaches us those things. And that is something for us to consider. And then the scriptures look, look at the world from a, from a heavenly perspective. And the Lord's asking us or giving us opportunity to do both. Now, let's, with that in mind, let's go forward here. And I want us to see something. And we'll be looking first at a personal observation of the earth, how it affects us personally, and then how we as persons affect the earth and what's going on. So the teaching, of course, is, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And I want to give you a little, uh, this little uh, clip, I guess, if you will, or a little proverb. Motivation can be used to become use to become rich, healthy, and smart, or um, last week I mentioned, uh, or maybe yeah, last week, motivation, uh, savant, and she said that the key to intellectualism or knowledge and wisdom was motivation and how the enemy is, what the enemy is after is our motivation. If he can keep us from being motivated, we're pretty much dead in the water. So life circumstances uh, 
If you're trying to accumulate enough evidence to be motivated, you will lose that battle. Uh, life circumstances are greater than your motivation. And it just so happens that the Spirit of God, when, he, when the Spirit of God motivates us, it doesn't take but just a little dabble, do you? Just a little, little drop of the Holy Ghost will motivate us where in the world we're trying to accumulate information once again to give us enough data that it talks us into being motivated to accomplish uh, something. Spiritual motivation is different. And I want us to look at this. Motivation can be used to become rich, healthy, and smart, or usually you have motivation as a, as a pep talk, as a pep rally, or, or, or to be rich, healthy, or smart. Usually you have motivational speakers, we call them, and they are to come in and to motivate you. And I am a motivational speaker, but it's with a different goal. Here's my goal. Motivation can be used to become rich, healthy, and smart, or so you can outrun the alligators. <laughs> Takes motivation for both. Both need motivation. You see that? And so I am teaching the Word of God, and I'm sharing with you in the light and with, in light of so you can outrun the alligators. I'm not teaching motivation to make you smart and rich and healthy. Wrong speaker, wrong class. But we are to, to stay motivated to stay out in front of the alligators. I, look at this. The church of Jesus Christ must be motivated to be moving faster than the spiritual speed of sound. And, and what do I mean by that? I call it a spiritual science. But there's all kinds of sounds out here today. Can you hear me? All kinds of sounds. But Christians are to be moving faster than the speed of sound. What happens when you're in a plane and it breaks the sound barrier? All of a sudden it gets quiet and smooth. Quiet and smooth. Can you hear me? Quiet and smooth. So when we're truly in the spirit, the world is quiet and smooth. When we slow down, the alligators get us. When we slow down, we start hearing all this stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong to slow down long enough to hear all this stuff. We need to be educated of this stuff. But we can't live in this stuff. Yeah. We're to live in the Spirit. And to live in the Spirit, you got to move faster than, this, than the spiritual speed of sound. And so, with that in mind, we must be ahead of the noise. Does everybody agree? If you have been bitten, it is too late. I put in, but Jesus. <laughs> if you've been bitten, it's too late. Alligator got you. But as Christians and believers, we got a but Jesus. And here's the author. By a farmer that has been bitten. Y'all can fill in the blanks. This thing that uh, of the Christian life and the world that we're living in as Christians to be moving faster than the speed of all this noise, I can say it's not optional. Of course, it is optional. But if uh, I have a lot of people tell me, Alan, I don't want to hear about all this stuff. I'm like, that's fine. Just speed up. Most Christians want to slow down. No, you can't. <laughs> you speed up to leave the sound. 
when the slower you get, the more sound there is. The Word of God is spiritual jet fuel. Can you hear me? So to be motivated by the spiritual jet fuel of the Word of God is different than accumulating evidence to be convinced to be motivated. Where we have something different is you can have faith in man or you can have faith in the Word of God. You can expend or spend your faith in either direction. As we practice moving faster than the speed of sound, of spiritual sound, as we practice that, you can get into what's called mock speed. And then I think there's mock one, two, three, four. There's different, there's more than just you can get even faster. And I would love to, perhaps we'll get into that, but let's look with where we are here. Now I want us to consider what's trying to slow us down. What is, now I want to be speaking this morning, but I'm going to be speaking about some of the noise. You can say, well, Alan, this isn't a very spiritual teaching. Well, it's not other than it should be educational. So you can identify the noise. Does anybody know who this man is? Black and white picture should tell you it's a little old. Robert Mueller. Now, this is not the Mueller of the um, uh, orphanages. What was his first name? George. George Mueller. This is not George's brother. This is Robert Mueller. I'm going to give you a little evidence, a little information here on Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller was actually a, a very young man who was employed by the United Nations as a young man, I think in the 40s perhaps. United Nations was really real young. He was a young man, started with the United Nations, and he worked his way up the ranks to basically... Uh, one of the most influential uh, members or persons of the United Nations. Now, this is a quote of his. He was also seen as the spiritual ambassador of the United Nations at one time. Decide to open uh, yourself to God. Well, that sounds good so far. The universe and to all your brethren and sisters to your inner self to the potential of the human race, to the infinity of your inner self, and you will become the universe. You will become uh, infinity, and you will be at long last your real, divine, stupendous self. Robert Mueller, United Nations. Does it ring a little new agey, perhaps? A little. A little bit, okay. All right, he was one of the main leaders. Uh, you could say, well, he's gone now. He? Well, yeah, but that's not the problem. Now, here, here is a, another thing that he said. The underlying philosophy upon which the Robert Mueller School is based will be found in the teaching set forth in the books of Alice A. Bailey. The school is now certified as a United Nations Associated School providing education for international cooperation and peace. So here he was the founder and the guru of the, of the educational arm of the United Nations, which now sets curriculum up for the world. Might be noted that his foundations is New Age. Now he does, don't, I guess you could not be too distressed. There's a little Christianity he mixed with it to make you feel better. 
that says the story goes. Robert Mueller, World Core Curriculum. Anybody heard of that curriculum? You didn't know that's the foundation of it. Foundation of it is actually uh, demonic mysticism. That's what it is. That's the foundation, and he is where it came from, came out of the UN, it was pressed, United Nations. Now, he says that, his, that the teachings were set forth out of the books of Alice A. Bailey, and that was interesting to me. Uh, there's a picture of Alice Bailey. Now, uh, when we start seeing how we look at our nation, we look at the noise that we have today, and we wonder how did all of this noise get here, and we can have in our minds that the enemy is the spirits coming through and influencing men, which it is, the demonic is, no doubt about it. But we tend to think we can't see it or we can't put our finger on it, or is it really true? I'm just giving you some things to look at this morning to show you not only is it true, it's been planned out for years. And now we are just living in the aftermath of what was planned at a high level, at the highest level, not only to influence the United States, but the whole world. Robert Mueller said this too. At the request of educators, I wrote the World Core Curriculum, the product of the United Nations, the meta-organism of human and planetary evolution. He was actually the head guy a philosophy, religion, and the way you act in the world in the United Nations. Now, here's what Abraham Lincoln said. Let's throw away Ben. The philosophy in the schoolroom in one generation will become the philosophy of government in the next. I think he got that one right. He got several things right, but be not mistaken, he also got that one right. So the noise, we're talking about the noise. What happens with the noise? We can see how the noise is operating in our, in our country, in the world. And as a church, we cannot be educated a little bit on what's going on. It's easier to just let it go if you're not educated in what's happening. It's easier to ignore separation of church and state. Let's keep the... I talked to a pastor uh, last week, and he gave his opinion on one particular political thing. He said, it's the first time I've ever done it in my life. I really almost felt dirty in speaking something political from my pulpit. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that a preacher or what comes out of a pulpit, where there were, where there were to, I'm not planning on running for office. I'm running from the alligators. It's about my best day. <laughs> I don't know how you'd do that. But it's just something was troubled me about that statement. I, I, I found myself even hard to respond to it. So let's look at what's happening here. And, and you, as we do this, I'm actually, this is a prelude of the four horsemen of the book of Revelation. I'm setting the stage of what's going on in our country as we continue on into the book of Revelation. Uh, even today. Robert Mueller, you can see from March uh, 23, September 2010, uh, was an international civil servant with the United Nations. Now I copied this out of some of it off the United Nations page, some off of the Wikipedia tied with the United Nations. And uh, 
is I copy and pasted this, all the words were white, and when I saved it, they turned blue. Uh, so I went back and corrected it three times, and it would not correct. I have no idea why, so you'll have to read it. Uh, was an uh, international civil servant with the United Nations, serving with the UN for 40 years. He got double retirement and rising to the rank of assistant secretary general. His ideas about world government, world peace, and spirituality uh, led to the increased representation of religions in the United Nations, uh, especially of the New Age movement. He was known by some as the philosopher of the United Nations. He carries a lot of influence. His fingerprints are everywhere uh, within the United Nations. Now, there's a goal and as we get into the book of Revelation, we, we understand that there is an Antichrist, and Jesus speaks of it a lot in Matthew, Matthew 24, of the spirit of the Antichrist and of the Antichrist. And uh, I know people have heard about a one world government and all of that till they don't even believe it anymore. It doesn't change the truth any. But the Antichrist will rule with a one world system. And the one world system is before your eyes. You can stick your head in the sand if you want to. I advise you not to because the Lord might want to speak to us. You need to understand, we need to understand the lay of the land as we go after the harvest. My, my goal is not to raise up and worship Satan or the occult or anything like that. But you can run through a jungle, and it's best to stay at least stay on a pathway or something, at least see what's going on around us. Uh, so as we, in, it, it, I don't know how many people have seen that movie, uh, what's it, Something of Freedom? Uh, Sound of Freedom, that's right. The Sound of Freedom. Uh, and most of the press out there is negative against The Sound of Freedom. Uh, a lot of us, uh, they're trying to get the thing started that QAnon is the one that backed it, the money. How, how do, nobody even knows who QAnon is. <laughs> you know what I'm QAnon doesn't know who QAnon is. <laughs> it's, uh, but it is, I'm like, how, how can you be against a movie that's about saving children? It, really think about that a minute. There is more press out there now against that movie than for it. Amazing. Is that just amazing to me or am I just old and backwards? Is that not odd? Is, I think that's odd. I mean, a cow protects her calf, right? Um, I'm like, it just so blows my mind. And when I look at all the negative press about this movie... I'm, it, what it says to me is how unnatural, how, how much is the demonic unnatural realm in our natural reality today? How, mu how much do we have that it's considered? I, I can't imagine how you could get by with it. I, I thought back yesterday as I was looking, I was like, boy, I'm glad my daddy's not alive today. <laughs> He was a World War II fighter pilot, and his, his fuse was about that long when it came to issues like this. He, he had none. 
And I guess it's lucky for the world, most of the World War II guys are dead. Uh, because they would have just blown a gasket a hundred times just to see a, such a response. So I asked the Lord, Lord, I need to blow a gasket. How do I, I don't know how to blow a gasket. What do I do to, to blow a gasket? So it leaves me to at least, maybe not try to kill the enemy, but let's at least try to save the children. Right? I don't know how to blow a gasket on the enemy, but could I blow a gasket for the kingdom? And for the children, and for the lost, and and, uh, and just let God, I guess, take care of the care of all that other stuff. But and I'm sure He will. But we need to at least be after uh, capturing the children and the lost. And and so when I look at, I can get angry just as quick as the best of them. I can go from zero to hundred in about two seconds. But yet it's not going to accomplish anything. Goes. Every time in my life that I've done that, I've always had to follow up and apologize, so I finally learned to quit it, right? I can see some of you have done the same thing. And uh, so as we're looking at the lay of the land, we wonder, why is it like this? Well, let's move on quickly. Uh, there's Alice Bailey. He, that's who he based the teachings of the core curriculum on. Alice Bailey... Uh, she was from 1880 to 1849, was a writer of more than 24 books on, does that say theosophical subjects, and was one of the first writers uh, for the term New Age. Uh, the, there it is, theo, uh, theosophy is a religion established in the United States during the late 19th century. It was founded primarily by the Russian, can you read that, Helen? A black sphere or something. I'm looking at it sideways. I can't even tell it's there. Uh, categorized by scholars of a religion as both a new religious movement and as part of the occultist stream of the Western uh, esotericism. And it draws upon both older European philosophies such as Polianism and Asian religions such as Hinduism and Buddhism. So it's totally a new age mixture and her writings are, are out there everywhere, and it is the basis of which this uh, school, if you will, uh, was off of. Alice and Foster Bailey, that's her husband, founded the Lucifer Publishing Company. Maybe a dead giveaway? I, I don't know in this day and time. But you got to understand something. In the New Age... Lucifer, New Age philosophy says that Lucifer is really Jehovah God. It's the part of a mystery, a secret. Because Lucifer, that means light. And so they go through all the spiritual gymnastics, accumulating. Their, so they teach it from the point of that Lucifer is actually God and you have to have uh, be enlightened to the spiritual knowledge so you can get the truth of Lucifer being God. So when they started the Lucifer Publishing Company, uh, that was seen as a good thing in those circles. It was like they were being spiritual. Is that hard to fathom? It is to us in the Bible Belt, but to them it was not. Now, uh, Lucifer and Lucas, 
come from the same root word, lucas, being Latin, uh, genitive case, uh, meaning of light. So that is, you got to, let's get into the mindset of our enemy here. When you have people doing things in our churches today that we know of the devil, they're thinking they're really of the light. And we're of the devil. Now somebody's wrong. Okay. There again, we need to be aware of this. They, they changed it from Lucifer Publishing to Lucifer Trust because of some of the backlash they started receiving on the using uh, the name Lucifer. All right, so they changed it to, to Lucas. So when you see Lucas or Lucifer, same thing. After the two or three years, the name was changed to Lucas Publishing. Why Lucas Publishing? Because they were publishing all the curriculum that was going to be used in the UN schools worldwide. Uh, the, the Theosophical Society also used the name Lucifer for its early magazine. That was the name of it in 1923 with the help of Foster Bailey, which was her husband. Alice Bailey founded the Arcane School, which is part of the Lucas Trust. This school provides educational correspondence, meditation, instruction, and guided study based on her writings. Go to any UN site, go right into it, and right there it is. There's different, uh, well, there's all kinds, it's, it's, <laughs> it's volumes of stuff of the Lucas Trust and how they implement uh, these belief systems. Now, there is the symbol, I guess you could say somewhat coat of arms, that the symbol uh, of this uh, uh, group uh, you can see there the society seal incorporated the swastika at the top. You see that? Uh, the Star of David in the middle. See that? Uh, uh, Anka, Alma, and uh, Rosabros symbols. Whoever that is, that's New Age symbols. But So their idea, and that's the reason it's New Age, is to bring together all of these different religions and one world thinkers. In other words, all religions. So what, what's happening to new life today in light of what's going on? We are constantly being bombarded with compromise. Are we going to compromise? Constantly. The deal of all of this is, is, to, is to slowly conform your thinking to a newer ideology which will adapt some new thinking and get rid of some old thinking. And that's the reason they go for the curriculum that went for the children years ago. And so when we see, that's the reason I say, once you're bitten by the alligator, you're bit. So now we've got a bunch of kids running around, humans, people, uh, young adults, not, not that adults are escape it, but we've got a lot of people that's been bit by the alligator. Once you've been bitten by the alligator, you've been bit. But Jesus. So Jesus is the only uh, uh, healing mechanism, if you will, for alligator bite. It's the only one out there. But thank God it's there. Right? Thank God it's there. I, was, I got sidetracked on, I think it's where I came up with this idea. But in World War II, the, it was some island... South Pacific, uh, Japan had, and 
we, the United States invaded, we invaded that island and just had an onslaught. The goal was to run Japanese, just run them back into the, back into the back parts of the island. And the reason being, the back part of the island was infested with alligators. They shot very few of them. And alligators ate the rest of them. One thing about an alligator, it's not very forgiving. We notice that. It's not, it's not very forgiving. First thing it does, it doesn't just eat you, it'll grab you, it'll pull you underwater, drown you, shake you around a little bit, put you under a log and let you rock for a little while for, so he can eat you. And that is a true spiritual analogy of what's happening with people today. They're like they're zombies and they've been bitten and Satan's put them under a log and they're rottening away that he might devour them. Maybe that's too graphic, but I believe we need as Christians, we need to see the lay of the land. We need to see what's really going on, or the book of Revelation is just a little old book with signs and symbols, but it's a sign of truth and revelation. So that's the seal uh, that goes with it. Now, this is the lady Helen uh, Bavinsky. She was a the one that... Um, she had a lot of writings. Most of her writings came out of India. She was in the upper class, if you will, of Russia. Uh, is Helen, uh, ever had say her last name, August, she was from 31 to 91, 1800, often known as Madame Belinsky, was a Russian, a mystic, an author who co-founded the Theophosophical Society in 1875. In 1849, she embarked on a series of world travels, visiting Europe, the Americas, India. She also claimed that during this period, she encountered a group of spiritual masters, the masters of ancient wisdom. Now, that was the, just remember that term, who sent her uh, to Shanghai, Tibet, where they trained her to develop a deeper understanding of the synthesis of religion, philosophy, and uh, science. Now, it is it's really amazing to me how there are a few young uh, couples that I personally know. Uh, Graham even knows one of the couples. I don't know if they're in India now or where they're somewhere, but incredibly strong Christians. And um, they went to California. They started dabbling some in New Age uh, thinking. Now they're full-blown, I guess, a priest and a priestess of New Age. Uh, and they're up in the ranks now. They're in the India. It's kind of like the same when I, as soon as I read that, I said, well, that was the same, same track that they've been, isn't it, uh, Graham? Same track that they've been through. And one of the most promising couples for the kingdom of God that I've ever known. Just incredible. I'm still, uh, Graham and I both are still praying for them, still reaching out to them. But I can give you personal testimony that that's still happening even uh, now on a very, uh, very big plane. Today, you wonder why our governments are, uh, why, why in the world are these laws being legalized? contrary to the Bible and why the church is compromising the Word of God. It is a process of implementing this 10-point plan, a 50-year strategy of the NWO, New World Order, to fulfill its ultimate goal to establish a one-world government. All this is out of the United Nations. A one-world economic system. Now, we see that happening today. We know one-world government's out there. 
everybody's striving for all that mess. A one world economic system, Bitcoin and all of this and digital currencies is, is headed there as hard as, just as hard as it can go. And a one world religion, and we can see that uh, this one world religion has been working through the uh, United Nations ever since its inception. Uh, and you start seeing and understanding how this one world system is being set up for an antichrist. Yeah, you know, why, why is it out there? It's because it has a goal, it has a purpose. Now, you've got to understand something. All of these ladies in this new age teaching, the ultimate of their teaching is they're waiting on the Messiah. They pull that part from Christianity. So they pull here, here, here. So the big deal is in the inner circles, if you will. Now you've got to understand uh, uh, the ladies, all of these ladies, their husbands were uh, 32nd degree Masons. I know if you mention that in a church in Alexander County, you can lose your credibility. Uh, but I stand up here before you, before God. I don't stand before y'all. I'm standing before God. Is that all right? I'd rather for y'all to slay me as God. Um, and so anyway, so we see here we got a one world religion. Today the strategy almost in its entirety has been adopted by the United Nations. And today a lot of it is already law in many nations. This deception has crept up in increments observed, unobserved by most people. Uh, but I want you to see this, ten, this little 10-point plan. There's a lot of information that goes under in each point. So you can go online, read it for yourself. Uh, the 10-point charter of Alice Bailey adopted by the United Nations. Interesting here. Number one, take God and prayer out of the education system. Give you all the reasons on why she said that. It would seem if you read all of her reasons, like, well, that's kind of benign. We said all these reasons on why. Now, my question to you when I get through number 10 is if you can tell me how many has been accomplished and how many is yet to be accomplished. So take God and prayer out of education. Said, Reduce parental authority over the children. Now, this is an implemented plan. Okay. Destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure or the traditional Christian family structure. See, to them, that Christian family structure was demonic. And you got to understand, you got to read some of their stuff. Um, if sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Now, these 10 points were done uh, 50, 60 years ago. Make divorce easy and legal, free people from the concept of marriage for life. Make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Debase art. Use media to promote and change the mindset. Create an interfaith movement. Get governments to make all these laws and get the church to endorse these changes. Does that sound old-fashioned? I think they just about got the list completed. So, when you look around, this is something written 50, 60 years ago. When you look around and we see the world we're living in, and we understand all of this is done to set a platform up for a, an antichrist. It leads me to believe maybe I need to read the book of Revelation. Maybe it does have more that I can apply than I think.
Alice Bailey wrote this, promote other faith to be at par with Christianity and break this thing about Christianity as being the only way to heaven. Uh, by that, Christianity will be pulled down and other faiths promoted. That's a quote. That's, that's, her, that's a quote. Here's another one. She said, promote the importance of man in determining his own future and destiny called humanism. Tell a man he has a right to choose what he wants to be and he can make it happen. He has a right to determine his cause. Well, what is the woke movement today doing? See, you don't have the first church awoke on every street corner. That's not the way it works. It comes in to change the current faith structure. But it has a reason. It has a goal. You think it's just some, uh, the people that are promoting and running around doing it think they have their own causes. But there's something bigger behind it than that. Here's another thing she wrote. That the church must change its doctrine and accommodate the people by accepting these things and put them into its structures and systems. So when I look around today at the churches, the only thing I can tell you is they're following this plan. It's under the idea of the love of God. We're going to love everybody. The love word, the definition's been changed. Love means you tell somebody the truth. If you love your children, you tell them the truth. Now, now, with these three kingdoms, and I've done them for the last two weeks, each week I've given you a little more information to these kingdoms. Now, I'm trying to get to Revelation chapter 4. Is that okay? I'm trying to get us there. But I get in all this backdrop, and just so you can have something to look forward to, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 is looking into heaven. So y'all can say glory, hallelujah. I'm going to get you off this earthly plane. We're going to look into heaven. Now, that's the good news. Bad news is you get to look at the earth from a heavenly viewpoint. That's a bigger scope. So it's kind of got a bitter and sweet thing to it. So the three kingdoms and their solutions. Now, here's the kingdom of Satan, which I've taken you through a little bit of this. It's an unnatural realm, I call it. It's subhuman and criminal nature. That part's been added to you this week. We have the kingdom of Satan, which is an unnatural kingdom. It's subhuman. In other words, it works more off of the animal nature of man. But it's criminal in nature. Did you know you can be in sin and not be a criminal? Or you can be in sin and have a criminal nature to it. Criminal nature is demonically, probably... It's definitely demonically inspired, but it's probably so demonically on us at that time. You can say you're possessed or not. I don't know if it makes a lot of difference. But that's where the criminal behavior comes. You need to start making a distinction with somebody. You, you can be at odds with somebody, and you can tell if they just did something they shouldn't do, or if they're criminal. In raising children, you can tell when a child's just misbehaving, or if they've thought it through. How do you know it's criminal? Because it's premeditated. Premeditated behavior is criminal. 
Why does it have to be premeditated? The enemy's got to get it, your, his program in you somewhere, so it's premeditated. You might not play it out. You, you may be stuck, the program was maybe stuck into you two years ago, but now you find yourself playing it out and it's criminal. It's been premeditated. Why does the Scripture... Why does it say, don't let the sun go down on your anger? Why? It's because repetitive thinking creates criminal behavior. I've, uh, I knew a guy, so you go up in Gucci, he'd turn around and slap you before you got your hands back. You know. And, and there's just a group of us guys, and uh, it was everybody knew, don't gooch him. Do not gooch this guy. He will hit you. Just an automatic reaction, you know. Wasn't premeditated. You know, he'd apologize as you were getting up every time. <laughs> but, I mean, he was so quick, he'd slap you in the last week. He was, he was so gucci. And, and that wasn't premeditated. Premeditated means when that guy comes up to me and says one word, I'm going to slap him or something. You see, it's so when we have things going off in our mind and we don't take them to the cross of Christ, there is a great potential of going criminal. There's one thing having sin, misbehaving or not doing right. There's one thing to do that. Did you feel the spirit of darkness come upon us? Anybody? Not trying to be spiritual here. <laughs> um, well, kind of boogered me though. So, just I want you to start making a distinction in your own behavior. Uh, can I go subhuman? Can I go into the unnatural realm and be subhuman? Uh, you, you've got what's called natural sin, and you've got premeditative sin. When they were in the garden, I'll have to say that was premeditated because the enemy came, gave the message, and then they acted upon that message, right? And so you, we, we have that. Uh, now let's go on to the next one quickly. The kingdom of this world is the natural realm, which is human nature and fallen nature. That's in that's in that's our natural world. Everybody's wanting to get rid of COVID and get rid of all of this end time stuff. Let's just get back to a normal world, right? Uh, it's gone. Just so you'll know, it's gone. Human nature, fallen nature. Now, the third one was the kingdom of God, supernatural realm, uh, supernatural. And there, in the supernatural realm, you have what I call a superhuman nature or divine nature. How do you know you're operating in the kingdom of God? How do you know you're operating in a supernatural realm? It's because you are operating out of the divine nature of God. That's how you know. So we see those three categories. The enemy's always trying to get us to go premeditated or criminal. And God's always trying to bring us up into a superhuman level, which is divine. And we don't have to wait to get to until we get to heaven to get there. It's already the process has begun, and we need to make those distinctions. Now, I want you to look at something quick. What was God's? Now, at the top, you see the title: Three Kingdoms and Their Solutions. So, God's solution to the kingdom of Satan was Passover, the liberation from slavery and the forces of destruction passing over you. We know as Christians. If you've been born again, the blood's been applied. 
we know that the possibility, we do not have to operate in this realm. We have been liberated from this realm. Now, let's look at the next one, kingdom of this world. Well, Pentecost, the descent of the Holy Spirit on the disciples of Jesus to overcome the world. So here we see we got the Holy Spirit. We got these three feasts. You got these three realms of humanity. And God had a feast for each one of them. And so you can see there, Pentecost. So that means, put any definition to it you want to. You can get... You need the baptism of the Spirit, or you need the rebaptism of the Spirit, or 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 you need to the, call. There are so many names out there how we can encounter the Holy Spirit. And I'll be very honest with you. The only thing I can tell you is I can tell when I'm in touch with the Holy Spirit and when I'm not. That much I know. And I've had a lot of people say, "Well, Alan, you got the baptism." I'm saying, "Well, hey, some days I don't." <laughs> <laughs> I left it at home or something. So it, it takes, it's a matter of me walking in the baptism of the Spirit or the immersion of the Spirit. And I have to have the truth distinctions in my mind. If I put a badge on and say, I've been baptized in the Spirit, that doesn't do much for my encountering with God every day for some reason. I'm walking around with, I got the badge, so, you know, everything's cool. I got the badge of the Holy Ghost. I speak in tongues and I do all this stuff. So I got the badge of the Holy Ghost. I'm just here to inform you in this real world that that's in. Doesn't mean nothing. That's good. Means absolutely nothing. The question is only you know. I don't know. You can fake it to me. I can fake it to you. But you can't fake it to God. That's right. You know if you're walking in a communion with the Holy Spirit of God or not. And how do you know that? It's because the Holy Spirit of God will speak just like this. How, how do I know it's Holy Ghost? Because it's quick. Looking for a quick response. Uh, how do I know it's Holy Ghost? It's a quick word with no response. And I've got to act quickly. and I don't have time to think it through. I just have to move. God's not wanting us to think it through. Because we'll try to fix it. He don't want it fixed. He wants us to move. And that's communion with the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God, the supernatural realm. What's going on? It's tabernacles. It's a feast of tabernacles. A time to look towards the future and a time that God wants to tabernacle with man. So as believers, to live in a supernatural realm is to live in what's called tabernacles. We're always looking towards the future. But we're looking at it from God's point of view because God's tabernacling with us. Are you with me? Now that's my introduction to this week's teaching. I'm sorry I couldn't go a little longer. Romans 1.26, For this cause God gave them up to vile infections, for even their women did uh, natural use and that which was given to them of the kingdom of this world. Romans 1.25, Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. That's what's happened with the new end. All of this stuff that's coming about. Second uh, Peter 1.4, The kingdom of God, the supernatural realm, the divine nature, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, have having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. amen. You all have survived the introduction. Say amen. Glory amen. to God. You survived it. Now let's stand. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. Lord, you know our deal. If there's anything that I've said that's not of you, I pray it'll fall to the ground. 
And if there's anything that I've said, oh God, that's of you, I pray that it'll be quickened to our hearts. I pray, oh God, that we would know how to follow your spirit in these days, that we would not yield to all of this philosophy, for all of this uh, new age mumbo gumbo that's out there. Give us, oh God, the wisdom to follow your spirit, to hear your spirit, and to move with you. Be with us as we worship you today, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.